I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for... The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show! Thank you, Places. Okay, today we're talking to Nova Payton. The Nova Payton. Yes, you have seen her in many shows in the DMV area and beyond, throughout the country. Throughout the world. She um, is an Effie from Dreamgirls. She has done tons of... She's a Caroline from Caroline or Change. She, but she's done so much more than that. Uh, and she's a great friend of ours. She was uh, Motormouth Maybell in our Hairspray and won the DC Helen Hayes Award for that production. Um, and we were all in that with her. So it's going to be a great time catching up with her. We're going to take a break. Then we'll be right back. Miss Nova? Yes. How are you? I'm just lovely. How are you? Good. I'm sitting here with somebody else you may know. Hi, Nova. Hi, my loves. Oh, my goodness. What's up? So good to hear your voice. It's been a long so time. Good to hear y'all. I, it has. It has. Miss Car- took me away from all my loves. <laughs> how? Okay. So. <laughs> So how, this is always such a loaded question after the year we've had, but how have you been? I have been good. I am a uh, homeschool teacher. I am a, (laughs) uh, I've been doing some things uh, with the orchestras um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing what we do. The struggle is a little, it's a little, the, the hustle, should I say, is a little different. But, you know, it's the same game and just trying to keep things moving. And, um, but yeah, I've been fortunate enough to keep busy enough to survive and stay above water. So, Nova, for anyone who's not, uh, does not know who you are, except for maybe your credits on stage, are, are, where, where were you born? Are you from Washington? Born and raised Washington, D.C., Northwest Washington, D.C., not too far from uh, Howard University, actually. And when did you start your journey in the arts? Was it a uh, a wonderful journey in the church? Did you get the bug in uh, a school play in kindergarten? What happened? Actually, what ended up happening was my mother, I've always been my mother would say I've always been a performer, always dancing, always singing from before I could talk and walk. Um, so at a very early age, I'm that's the three year old. I'm um, at, a very, <laughs> at a very early age. She put me into dance um, because she felt like I had rhythm, you know, and I knew certain things that I should not know. Um, and so once she enrolled me into dance, I studied um, all forms of dance, ballet, jazz, tap, um, modern uh, dance, um, dance troupe here in D.C. And um, I didn't really start singing. I mean, I sang in church because I grew up in church. I grew up in church, actually. Um, and I attended, I attended Catholic school all my life. Um, and um, so... And my 
we sing gospel music, you know, and so we had the drums and the the bass and the guitar and the uh, the congos we had the rhythm section we had the horns we had all of that in my church when i was growing up and so i sang in church but i refused to sing outside of church we put on we would put on <laughs> we would put on um for we would put on shows and on at uh, Howard University in Crampton Auditorium. And there would be huge productions with um, the DC Parks and Recs uh, recreation. And mm-hmm. so that was the first time that I did a show. I was three years old. And um, I was three years old. And my um, first role in a show was uh, called Santa Comes to Cabbage Patch Line. Little flower in Santa comes cash patch land, <laughs> and so that was like the first time where I actually would be at rehearsals, and and it was interesting because it was actually a show that I was a part of along with my brother who's seven years older than me and my mom. So we had three separate casts. You had the adult cast, you had the teen cast, and then you had the 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 little the little the babies um, the babies right, and we would put on this. Uh, this production and they will be different every day but that was the first taste of like actually being in a huge musical theater show and from that one time at three years old I knew I wanted to be on the stage I mean I may have been on it for that for us the flowers may have been on for like five minutes and that's at the very beginning of the show but that was you know being in the rehearsals I was immersed in that because of course because my mom was in the show my brother and I had to be in the you know be in rehearsals from the time that my rehearsal started my brother's rehearsal and then until my mother was was done so we were in rehearsals all day we grew up that's the life that I grew up in um but I just knew I was going to be a dancer I didn't think that I was going to be a singer and I didn't really start singing until I was 16 years old and that was when yeah, my teacher, my dance teacher, I credit her for that. She was the owner of the, the um, dance school I attended. And she, you know, one day, she used to always make me sing in our little uh, recitals that we would have or, you know, our Black History productions that we would have. I would be kind of like, I would dance in all of the, the dance, uh, the dances. And then at the same time, while everybody else is changing costume for the next number, I had to quickly change because then... Now I have to be, I have to sing the song so everybody else can catch their breath except for me, you know. But right. she was like, she was like, you know what? She said, you will always be able to sing, but a dancer's lifespan isn't long because, you know, we get, they, they get injured, you know, anything could happen. But as long as you can speak and as long as you um, hone that craft like you do and you're serious about this dancing, as long as you are the same way about the singing, you will always be able to sing. She was right. So, what, what, how, did you go through a uh, a formal college um, upbringing, or did you just jump right into the business? Um, I actually I, I did attend um, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York for a year, um, and I didn't really like the program back then. I heard it's very different now, but um, back then they kind of like I would say wanted to box you into a certain type of um artist right um um i was like i'm already working against 
things. I don't feel like I want to pay to make me build those, build more walls and bricks so I can't get there. Um, so I ended up leaving. I was invited back, but I decided not to return. Um, and for a minute before I actually decided to, um, to go full on into performing, I, I mean, I used to, like, again, I've always been um, on staff at my church. So I, you know, I'm a choir director and I do like, you know, those types of things that I've always done. I was over the children's choir um, and then after that, I, I mean, I started doing hair because hair, you know, cosmetology is in my family as well. So I was doing salons, and then until I moved and the auditioning, and um, prior to that, at the same time, I was working as a background singer for Roberta Flack, and I was traveling um, with her, singing, traveling the world, and. Um, which kind of like with growing up under Roberta and um, being actually, you know, I, I felt it was a, it's a blessing to have someone as a legend that um, pretty much take and helps, you know, guides you along with that believes that much in you to get you wherever you need, whatever you need to do or however I can help you you know, I will, I, I, you have my support. So I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and sing um, around the world. And she would always spotlight me in that way. And um, then after the, like I said, I moved to New York, auditioning, and I got my first non-ector of Smokey Joe's Cafe. And um, it kind of like took off from there. And that's, I, been doing it ever since so i always oh, i love the music to smoky joe's yeah one thing i got that show for it like i said it was a bussing truck tour and those of you who don't know much about that that's when you get on that bus and you are in one city in colorado one day and then the next day you are in jersey for the next show so you like you know one one city hitters um, and sometimes in the smallest venues where you can't necessarily fit every piece of your show that you've staged. And sometimes you get the whole show in. So it just depends on where the show has been booked. But I credit that show for helping my staff and teaching me um, more about my voice and how to uh, train my voice to be able to sustain a week. Um, many of you probably, if you know the show, I was BJ in that show so that's doing that show eight shows a week in different cities not at home where you can you know you have the things that you would normally put in your body and you get the eight hours of sleep and all of those things um so you know you uh, challenges with acid reflux and all of that type of stuff and just trying never had laryngitis before until i did that show but i had to yeah i had to teach myself how to vocally be able to sustain a eight show a week um, without, you know, being having to call out or call on the understudy to go on for me. Um, so I'm grateful for that show. I'm grateful for that show. And how did you come upon, was, was Three Mo Divas kind of one of the next things? Um, 
after three months, uh, no, actually after, after I did a 10 month run of Smokey Joe's Cafe and then I left that and I actually started, I did another audition for um, Dream Girls. My very first Dream Girls that I did was at the Prince Music Theater in Philadelphia. And that was the show where I got my first. And then um, after that, I, you know, kept auditioning. And that's when. Yep. And, and where was that? At? I mean, it was, there's a DVD of it. Um, where was that mm-hmm. at? Three more divas. We actually did a recording. We had a long sit down because um, we toured it first. And then we had a long sit down of it in Denver, Colorado. And it was at the Denver Theater Center. And one of their theaters is where we recorded the PBS special. And I'm sure people can probably still find it. Um... Somebody actually, because I've lost, I lost my DVD. Um, someone actually gifted to me, a great friend of mine off of Amazon. So um, three more D. On the the Anna CD, actually, of it. Great show. Do you have a website uh, or someplace where people can follow you or a social platform where people can follow to see what's uh, um, coming up next, or is that not really a thing? Well, I my website my website is I'm in the process of re what do we call that recreating that and what that is now. So that is not active right now. Um, I do have an uh, Instagram IG. I am simply Nova on IG, um, and you could. I don't post as much as I should about myself. I'm as I had promised that I would start doing that more. Um, so on Instagram and on Facebook, I am Nova, or my fan page is Nova. Now I must tell you that if I know you on my personal page. I'm not going to probably add you as a friend. Because you're not. Because <laughs> you're not a friend. I welcome you to like my fan page, Nova. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Now, when did we, when did the three of us first meet? Was it Hairspray? Yes. Hairspray, which was my very first. Actually, my very first. I want to say it was my first musical theater show as an adult at Signature. Yeah. Yep. That was an amazing cast. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. That was such a fun show. And I look if back I have, at uh, I have Carolyn. to say that it's... Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's what I was just about to say. If I had to be thrown in to a community the way that I that I was, I wouldn't... I would relive the hairspray experience all over and over again. It was great. I think I'm remembering this correctly, Nova, but correct me if I'm wrong on the song selection, but I think I first met you the summer before hairspray at the open house at signature. Yes. Um, And did you sing don't rain on my parade? Did I sing don't rain on my parade? I think I want to say maybe it was, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it was waiting for life to begin. Interesting. It could have been. Yeah, I, all I remember is going like, oh, my gosh, like what an instrument. What a nice person. Like I we met backstage. Yeah. And, 
you know how those things go. Like, I don't care how long you've been performing there. You, you still get nervous for things like that because they're always Absolutely. under, they're always under rehearsed mm-hmm. and always underproduced. <laughs> yeah. And it's at the end of the day when you've had a long day doing other things and you're like, mm-hmm. great. This, and it's hot and it's blazing. And the song is called Don't Rain on the Plaza. Right, right. <laughs> listen i get you and you're so right steve because listen when i when i came that first i was because i had auditioned for brother russia and that was my intro my first time um auditioning it was actually not brother russia but um sunset boulevard season and so that was my first into the building ever auditioning and um so to be asked to do the plaza, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. You know, I, did, I didn't know anything about it. And people laugh at me, but I really was not aware. Being from D.C., I was not aware that theater was as big as it was. You know, you always, growing up, I always heard about New York, New York, and other places. But I didn't realize that we had so much richness in, in my own backyard. So when I stumbled upon it, it was just like, it was, it was great. And I credit like seeing the trailer of Felicia and the girls. I remember Felicia and Alicia and it was one more, oh, Kara Tamika as the urchins in um, the little shop that happened at Ford's. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then I I mean, I knew about arena um, and, and it was it's interesting because I was doing this uh, Smokey Joe's tour and when I came home and I, I had just missed the production of Three Modivas that was at Arena that year before I even got into the show. I had missed it. Um, so, again, meeting all of you who had known each other, you did not make me feel like an outsider, which was like I was like, if I wanted to ever if I ever had to do it again, I wouldn't mind. Because it was such a loving and welcoming com- um, community. It was great. It was great. That's like me growing up about an hour away because all I really knew was what I saw on TV. I, I only thought there was the National Theater and the Warner Theater in Washington. <laughs> no, you are, listen, I didn't even realize that Ford's was an actual theater. I just remember going for um, field trips to look at the museum and stuff. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that. I didn't. Right. I didn't yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, I have a distinct memory of, cause you and I kind of got to be paired up together and you can't stop the beat. The finale of Hairspray. Yes. And we matched our outfits. Yes, we did. And I will never forget. Well, first of all, the high of doing that song that's so difficult, but then we would run off down left vom and basically collapse into each other. Every night. Are you there? Uh-huh. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying I'm to catch here. our I'm breath. Here. Can you hear me? Yeah. I hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, we're good. We're good. So anyway, that... and, and there's okay. some occasions I think uh, when you when you you've lived here in Washington that you've kind of bust up, trained up, flown up to New York to do some special late night things on television? Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. The very first Jimmy Fallon show. Um, and that was back when I was working. 
to the TV um, his TV appearance, which was after he had done once um, mm. the movie. So I, I, I that and a couple of other things here. I try to keep myself busy. I don't like to box myself in. You right. know, so I'll sing. I'll sing with an old. I'll do a little bit of skittle boo bop jazz, a little thing situation. You know. Yeah, as long as it has now, to do with the arts. Now, at one point, we had worked on, uh, by the grace of Mike Blank, we had kind of worked on a live album for you. Yes. Now, have you done an album since then? I have not. I have not. And actually, I've been in the process of trying to put some things together. I have gone back into the studio to record some things. But um, I have not um, completed uh, an album because, I mean, I'm a, I'm a music lover. So the things that I have recorded has very much been things that speak to me. So I'm not sure of if the album is just going to be just uh, an array of things, of different songs, things that I love to sing, or if it's going to have a theme. I'm just, I'm just not sure on how. But I do have some things in the works, and I came with some people. And I actually, um, speaking of that recording, need to pull out New England Winter, so and get some good orchestrations on that one, Connor. Okay. So, oh, that's so funny. We were just talking about that about an hour ago because I, not that I'd forgotten about it, but you know, we've done a lot of stuff, and I remember you. I believe you came to me if I that. Did. And said, I want you to write something about Sandy Hook. And I yep. immediately thought to myself, I don't think I can do that because I couldn't see myself writing without me uh, somehow like, having people talk about like, oh, you're making it about yourself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for well, some reason, somehow in the journey, I found New England Winter and I, when you did it live at the signature in the arc with, um, let's see, your backup singers at that concert that, was Ayana. Ayana, uh-huh, Ayana. And it was Lauren Dupree. And Daphne. Was, and Daphne, yes, yes. And uh, my, my, my late, late brother. That's right. The MB. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was something really special about that. And I never forget, I was in the lobby once, one night when you had your concert and someone ran out of the room. They could not take the song anymore and they left. Mm. And they mm -hmm. came out in the lobby and they just were sobbing and they said to me, have you heard that song? And I said, what song? And they said, there's a song in there about Sandy Hook. I can't take it. It's a beautiful song, but I just can't take it. And mm -hmm. And it really was a very powerful um, moment. And I, I've always tried to wonder, you know, where that kind of fits. If we call ourselves ministers of music or ministers mm -hmm. of the arts or whatever, like, mm -hmm. you know, I always, I just said to Stephen, I said, I think that song really feels like an anthem to me in some way of, uh, you know, when we learn lessons of things that we, that we should not repeat. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what's so good about it, though? Um, 
songs like that are like timeless you know what I mean like it's still yes that was what 2012 I believe when we did that 2012 and it is still relevant you know and we can we can still pin it to so many different events that have been occurring right now um and resonate and mean the same thing um today as it did back then yeah, and um, so that it, that, but you know, that's that's uh, great. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Just saying, when your song can last like that, and can still speak to people years and years, that's that is. I'm telling you, that's that was great. It's such a great piece, such a great yeah. piece. I love it. Well, thank you. I love that you were a part of that, and I. I'm so honored that you, it was your idea to do that. And once again, I mean, I know Mike Blank will not be listening to anything we do, but you know, Mike Blank was such a wonderful orchestrator to help <laughs> us at times, um, you know, make dreams happen. And he, and he was right behind us on this album. Um, yes, he was. He's such okay. a great man. I'm going to pretend like I'm an, a professional right now. And I see, and I might be wrong, so you're going to correct me. I think you have been nominated for the Helen Hayes Award, which is the Washington, D.C. Tony. I think you've been nominated Mm -hmm. six times with one win. Uh, Or is this old information? Yes. I don't know. I've got (laughs) nominations for Ain't Misbehaving. Okay. Caroline or Change. Yes. Ragtime. Oh, yes. Uh, Elmer Gantry, which we have to talk about. Yes. What? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> we have Dream Girls and Hairspray. So you were nominated oh, six yeah. times with one win. With one win, yeah, for, for Hairspray. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. To, to... In your hometown, you know what I mean? And your community by people. That was, that was awesome. I... Yes. I can I can see that Steven is looking at me like stop talking because I want to talk about he's coming back. Well, before we oh, get to that, <laughs> um, there was another show before that that you actually wrote, Matt, called Crossing that was done uh, with Milza. Yes. Um, After the rain is gone. <laughs> That's another song. Woo! Yes. Um, yeah. I loved that show. I think, you know, any musical is never probably completely finished. Um, mm-hmm. I always bring up the fact that Stephen Sondheim put changes into Sweeney Todd when it came to the Sondheim Festival at the Kennedy Center. Um, mm-hmm. Which t- still tweaking lyrics all these years later. Mm. Um, well, I mean, Crossing, Crossing never got it right for me because I mean I intended the show to be about uh the search for freedom and the way it was sort of captured in different time capsules mm-hmm. and my my inspiration of course was Harriet Tubman and I don't think anyone even knows this and maybe people don't even care but several 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 years ago I was visiting one of my uh best friends in the world Marcus Davis who is an African American and he had a portrait on his wall and there was do you remember this and there was a woman 
painted carrying a, a rifle or a shotgun. Oh. And I said, who is that? And he said, that's Harriet Tubman. And, mm. we, and we started talking. And as he started talking to me about Harriet Tubman carrying a gun and, and saying, You're, once we start this journey, we cannot turn back. Mm-hmm. Um, it really made me delve into my own sort of religious upbringing and also my uh, own uh, influence in the arts of how could I make this story kind of come to life. Um, I think now that it's 2021 and maybe because I'm 51 and we just went through what we did with George Floyd and everything, maybe I don't know if crossing anymore should be actually, you know, told by some 51 year old white guy writing the music. Right. And that perhaps if it ever became uh, a searched out item again, maybe it's something that I would be a part of in the back seat rather than the front. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Because I do see that now. But the intention of the show was for it to sort of represent all of these different passages of what is freedom and where are we now kind of thing. Hence the railroad being sort of this long journey. Right. Um, But anyways, yeah, you were such an amazing part of that show. And um, there were such such great moments in that show. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I've been fortunate to be a part of uh, two of you guys' productions. Ah, Silver Bells! The Silver Bells, yes. We just found out the show's going to Tennessee in the in this Christmas. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna rent a bus and take everybody down. <laughs> yes, we are the S I L V E R Bells. Love oh my it. gosh, that was so much fun. Yeah, we all kind of the journey of that show too started out kind of like, what the hell is this? But I will <laughs> say this to you again: it's it's interesting, and I don't I don't think it's by accident when you know you run into shows like this because you I remember us doing that show, and we probably shouldn't talk about it, but when when we found out who after you know that's that that year of voting and, oh the day after the oh election 2016 yes. that morning and we all <laughs> we all came in like oh my gosh and it was so interesting because everybody felt the same way and i think we even left kind of early but we all felt like we needed to actually sit and talk about it and then have and enjoy some laughter, which is what we got from the show. And then it was like, okay, I think we did, we, we did what we needed to do. Maybe we can just come back at this and take a stab at it tomorrow. But it was still something that we needed and it was there for that time and that moment, you know? Do you, do you remember who broke the ice? No, who was it? I wanted to write, I wanted to turn this moment into a play. I remember coming in the room and nobody was speaking to anybody. Everyone was sort of like in shock and didn't know what to say. (laughs) And no one knew how to even approach the conversation. And the first person to speak was you. And you said, what am I going to tell my son? Oh, wow. You said, what am I going to tell my son? And you went into a little bit of like, how, Sally Field. Well, well, no, it's just sort of how do I explain the thinking of people 
uh, yeah, just in general, what is the, mm-hmm. how do I explain the thinking of people? And then that led into everyone else jumping in and, and you did break the ice. Thanks. Wow. Praise the Lord. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. I just remember it being a moment that I needed <laughs> because I'm probably, and that, that's why, because I mean, you know, when you're as a parent, you're in, you're, you're in charge of, um, you know, you're in charge of how you bring them up. And who you surround them by, and I pride I, I pride myself on the community that I've been afforded to raise my children around. You know, um, they know Uncle Steve. You know, they know Uncle Maddie. They 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 know they know so many people. My kids are so um, they they're surrounded by so much love and such a supportive community. So I'm like, how do I tell? How do you? tell people innocent children you know what I mean how do you break it down to them that okay well you know I know this is what we're fortunate enough to be around but everybody is not like you know as nice and as kind as Uncle Maddie and Uncle Steve so you have to make sure you know you know these are the things you have to it's a new way of thinking now um but yeah but again I was just so grateful for that moment so grateful if we we still can't make sense of it like as a nation like how that happened yeah Um, yeah so it's still like how do you tell your kids i don't know i don't know what to tell myself right 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 um right but oh yeah yeah i don't want to think about those last four years but um still Right before those last four years, we were um, carrying that ball for Jesus in Elmer Gantry. Yes, we was. Wasn't we? Where are we? Listen. We give it that ball with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was the other one? He's coming back. He's coming coming back. back Yes. You doubted it. We yes. were, oh God! We were wearing the choir robes and everything, weren't we? Yes, and shine. <laughs> the shine and the scapulas. Yes. Well, yes. speaking of speaking of that, I, there's a sh- uh, there's a show that I don't know much about that I want to talk about, and that is the Amen Corner. That was yes. what you were in when shutdown happened, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it so, was. Is the Amen Corner based on a book, history, anything true, or is it just um? What is that? It's a story from um, Langston Hughes, pretty much, um, loosely based off of his life and what he, um, how he was raised in the church, and um, you know, just in in that upbringing. Um, and it was it was a it was a very good show. I mean, the version that we did what had to be cut down of course because i mean i think the original piece itself is like a three hour thing um because it's in like three separate acts and um of course the way that um our brilliant director uh whitney did it of course she added more music to it um um so that was that was great but um yeah just about you know how it is being black and in the church and not as, um, you know, in a community where you, all you had was church to kind of get yourself through. You didn't have money. Um, and you know, you didn't have, um, much of anything, but you had love, you knew God, you You knew you had each other. And sometimes when you, what comes with that is you have people who with uh, other agendas in the church where you, um, you know, they 
see your flaws and they pull on that and pull you down just to get themselves elevated. So it was it was very soap opera shit a little bit too. It was so it was cool. It was cool. Um and that was that was so you did not get to complete your run of that? Actually, um it's interesting because the shutdown happened on my birthday last year <laughs> and um March 15th. So I last um that was our that our last show was on the four, the thirteenth, I believe. The thirteenth of March. We were supposed to be closing on the the fifteenth or the sixteenth, one of those. It was a Sunday. We were supposed to be closing. Um we actually ended up having to shut down earlier. Um prior to that, we had had a scare of someone who um who had uh, come in contact with someone. Um in the, but they, of course, ended up, you know, not having it, which was grateful. But we ended up having to uh, close the show one time. But we were able to open it and do one more, we thought, until the mayor had called the emergency shutdown that Thursday. Right. Up. They was like, nope, you know, you got to come in and you got to, because at that point it was like, if you have, it was like 500 or more seats, you can't, you know, we're not doing crowds that. So that last thing was come and clean out your dressing spots. And, and even then I think about it because we weren't, we came in, but we didn't have any mask on, you know, right. when we came in cause we didn't really know anything about it. We were just like, come. you know, just like a week or two earlier, I had taken my daughter to the Verizon center to see Disney on ice. We weren't right. masked. You know, right. and that's like, that that venue is huge and it was crowded. So right. and yeah. And then having the meet and greets after the show at the Shakespeare. I mean, hugging people, shaking hands, just doing normal things that we would normally do in right. the midst, and not knowing that what will turn in what was supposed to be two weeks turns into 18 months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no. we weren't being told any information also. True true and that's that's the thing is is and now that the not to make this the covid podcast but uh, now they're saying that they have evidence hard evidence that it was definitely in the area in december of 2019 and you you know i was saying to my mom the other day because my mom was here in, in 2019 and we went to that big thing down at nap stadium the big christmas lights thing in chance with thousands and thousands of people. We still couldn't find one of those damn reindeer. We couldn't find Prancer. <laughs> oh, I, I heard about people having a hard time finding all of the reindeer. <laughs> we could not find Prancer. I'm still mad about it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but I, I, I know, you know, it, it just seems so... Like, at that time, it was just thing to back because at Kobe Bryant had... Uh, like suddenly been killed in the the helicopter accident and his daughter was gone i remember again walking into the theater the in rehearsal everybody's just like we're sitting there and like what just happened and then it was just like things back to back january february boom march there you go yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and and i mean so so to go back to that morning that of silver bells rehearsal i think mm-hmm. we all were realizing the danger we were in and then yeah. the four years yeah proved it again yeah. and again what why we were feeling that way yeah because 
we were one emergency away from, oh, let's say a total pandemic, which we got. Which we got. So, <laughs> yep. Um, no, I, I, I see the time here. We mean to be very conscious of everyone's time, but you left the area at one point and did a show in in the rainy state of Washington in Seattle. Can I you talk did. about that experience? Did you love Seattle? I did. I love Seattle. I've actually been back twice. I did. My first one was the um, one night with Janis Joplin. Yeah. It was great to be a part of that. And then I actually had the opportunity to go back and Adonza in the Man, uh, Man of La Mancha. Um, the fifth, the fifth is a great theater. Um, yeah, I enjoyed my time there. And they are when they put you up, they put you up, man. I tell you, <laughs> you know, um, the city, cool. I loved it. I loved it. Um, Man of La Mancha is such a great score. That was probably I would love to have heard you sing that role. Oh, man, I had so much fun doing it. Um, and again, being <clears throat> with a music director who trusted me to kind of like put my own spin on it, which was great. Still being true to what, you know, folk were used to, but still being able to have the um, okay to bring myself in it was great. You know, you, you have so many, there's so many shows we could talk about that we're not going to get to all of, like, we could mention our time together in the Freedom Song and oh. what a, you oh. know, just because of the 150th anniversary, <laughs> that was a very special kind of That was, run. yeah, that um, was. But I want to just one more show talk thing about you that I would like you to, because you've lived in her skin several times, can we talk about Effie White? Sure. Um, what when you're when you're getting ready to do a role that's that iconic, that gigantic, um, that emotional roller coaster, um, like you did it when you were younger. Yep. And then you got the chance to come back to her, and probably not for the last time either. Um, yeah. but and I actually did, was able to do Effie times. Three times. I'm missing yeah. one of them. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I did it at oh, Milwaukee Rep after. Milwaukee. Yep. Yep. So, okay, three times yep. a lady. What, um, mm -hmm. what, I mean, besides it being one of the most incredible roles ever created for, for a female in the theater, what, it's probably, her song is probably one of the top 2010 songs that people recognize in musical theater that so, moment. And I'm telling you. And I'm telling you. It's like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. How do you, outside of living like a nun and drinking lots of tea, <laughs> how do you take care and prepare for some something as mammoth as that? Um, You know, it's interesting because it goes back to, again, that Smokey Joe's tour. And... Um, learning about my voice, learning um, different parts of my voice that would help me sustain. Um, and actually my very first, um, my very first, um, my very first dream girls I was doing at the Prince, they actually did not have any, any understudies at all. So I ended up doing what would have been supposed to be like a three week one turned into like a three month run without any swings. Wow. 
Yeah. So what I learned, I mean, the technique, just the technique and actually giving into the fact that it's not going to be the same every day um, and uh, giving myself license to feel what I need to feel emotionally through the text to get myself through it, because it's definitely, definitely different every day. Every, every show was different. I did not feel 100% all the time. And specifically during the one that we did at Signature, because that's when I lost my grandmother. Um, and so I was going through a lot. So, but I would say that I took that and was able to put it into the character because loss of her own. So I was able to internalize that and use that to get myself through. Yeah, I mean, everyone who was lucky to see you either here, the two other locations, um, just such an incredible performance of that role. Um, I'll never forget that. Uh, and thank you for giving that to all of us. Um, and well, 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 Nova, you've done that in so many roles. Yep. Uh, you, you, your Caroline, I we did not see at Roundhouse, but I'm sure you know, sort of the same journey of really stepping into an iconic role, an iconic show. Right. It was, that's a, that was another one where I had to train myself because Caroline is not in my vocal, you know, not supposed to be in my vocal range, but I was able to, um, you know, get myself, train myself to get down there for that. And which was crazy because at the same time in rehearsals for Ragtime, which was Sarah. So, which was total opposite. Right. Operatic soprano yep. kind of. Yep. 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 Oh Lord, you were you were tearing yourself in half. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're yes. pushing that basement and then pushing the ceiling. And pushing the ceiling. And at the same time found out that I was carrying the, the three year old who's now oh. <laughs> So yes. Yes. Yep. L wow. Well, Nova, uh, we have three wrap-up questions that we always give to our guests. Um, and Matt's going to do the first two. Take it away, Matt. First question is, during the pandemic, a lot of people learned a lot of different things. Like, I'm going to learn Spanish, or I'm going to learn how to bake bread. Did you take on a brand new vocation of something to learn? Yes, I do video editing with Final Cut Pro. Boom. Oh, wow. So if you're anybody out there looking for a video editor, uh, we've got your person right here. Yes, me. Okay. <laughs> Um, second question, did you binge anything with the family, the kids, the late night at Netflix? What did, what did you watch? Yes, Ozark. Loved it. Finished it. Um, uh, Shit's Creek. Finished it. Um, and what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else did I watch? What else did I watch? Uh, we, we have not finished Ozark, Stephen. Oh, no. Ozark is great. You're kidding me. Shit's Creek is the bomb. I was so mad that I caught onto it late. So I'll, I'll say those are the two that I've been watching completed. Oh, oh, no. And what's the Cobra, Cobra Kai? Finish that too. Oh, well done. Well, before Stephen goes, he has one question left. I'm going to say, have you worked with Luke Frazier? Yes. Okay. We need to propose to him that there is just you and some huge orchestra for one night only. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Done. Done. Yeah. Okay. I'm Done. gonna I'm gonna talk to Luke. Okay. Um so the last question uh I have Nova, you know, Maddie's producing um Susan Derry's holiday album that's called I, I Wish, Wish It, it So. so. Uh -huh. Um and it's got us thinking a lot about wishes and what a wish really is. Uh, manifestation um, mm -hmm. and it, we've been asking all of our guests if they had one wish um, be it for themselves their family the country the world what would that be 
Um, I would wish this probably sounds so like generic, but peace. Peace. That's beautiful. That's 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 my wish. More than anything. All right. Thank you, Nova. Love to your mom, your family. We hope to see you soon. Love you guys too. Thank you for having me. That's... I love you guys. I miss you guys. Hope to see you soon. Yes, we'll talk soon. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye. Love you. Say bye. 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 Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Such a great time catching up with Nova. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, And hope that with the world hopefully returning to normal, we'll get to see you sometime soon. Um, If you want to know more about us, you can always visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R, connorsmithmusicals.com. You can find us on Facebook on on Connor and Smith. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast if you got a second. It really helps us out a lot. And as we always say, turn your heart into art. Bye, everybody. Thank you.